This is the Truth Warrior Podcast with your host, David Whitehead. here today with dedicated colleagues from within the Department of Justice as well as beyond it to announce a historic settlement with Pfizer Incorporated arising out of civil and criminal allegations relating to Pfizer's allegedly illegal promotion of various drugs. In a combination civil and criminal settlement, Pfizer has agreed to pay $2.3 billion, the largest healthcare fraud settlement in the history of the Department of Justice. Pfizer execs are now fighting for control of the secret recipe that's raking in a fortune for them. There are pockets and, and significant pockets of the country where vaccines aren't happening because of those, you know, the anti-vaxxers or whatever you want to call them. We could turn this around and we could do it efficiently and quickly if we just get those people vaccinated. That's why it's so important now in this crisis that we in, that people put aside any ideologic, political, or other differences and just get vaccinated. Over 143 million COVID-19 doses have been administered here in the U.S. As more and more Americans get their shots, many are wondering just how common it is for vaccinated people to get infected with the virus. say is that we're all actually completely on the same page when it comes to driving vaccinations and making sure that we're doing everything that we can to reach people that we need to. This is an issue of, this is an issue, sir, I'm going to ask, I'm going to answer the questions of the accredited media. This week we're going to look at a puzzle of how a vaccine that was hailed as a vital achievement finds itself in a scientific and political storm. It has turned out to be more of a serious issue than previously thought. We're talking about myocarditis happening to some young people after getting the coronavirus vaccine. Fully vaccinated people do have the potential to be able to transmit COVID-19 to others. Breaking news from Pfizer, the company now saying its COVID-19 vaccine is safe and effective for kids aged five to 11. There is no way to explain the tens of thousands of deaths that have been reported to um, the CDC and to the European Medicines Agency, and yet these products persist in being on the market. There's no explanation that is innocent. There is not. Any thinking person has to conclude that what's happening is a global coup. That's it. It's a global coup. If everything that was happening was innocent, they would have stopped all of the spending. They wouldn't have silenced all the doctors and scientists. They wouldn't have given this to innocent children and pregnant women. They wouldn't have done anything that they've done. They would have taken these off the market. They wouldn't have changed the definition of pandemic. They wouldn't have changed the definition of a vaccine. They wouldn't have done all the things that they've done if there was an innocent explanation. We know a crime is being committed. We know that there is a cover operation going on right now. We know that there is a willful act of misleading the public and doing so at the public's harm. We know that's happening. Judy Roberts' husband, Gene, also took the shot. 
Yes, I looked at that document. I signed it. Nothing on there said I was going to have a heart attack or I'd get Guillain-Barre, which I never heard of. Did anyone ever come to you and say, you know something, fellas? There's the possibility of neurological damage if you get into a mass immunization program. No. Dr. Michael Hatwick directed the surveillance team for the swine flu program at the CDC. His job was to find out what possible complications could arise from taking the shot and to report his findings to those in charge. Did you know ahead of time, Dr. Hatwick, that there had been case reports of neurological disorders, neurological illness, apparently associated with the injection of influenza vaccine? Absolutely. You did? Yes. How'd you know that? By review of the literature. So you told your superiors, the men in charge of the swine flu immunization program, about the possibility of neurological disorders? Absolutely. Pharmacia, pharmacus, and pharmacos, and they're basically the same words, just sort of different combinations like sorcery, sorcerers, things like that. And this goes back to a concept that goes back into ancient history that is embedded into the secret societies like the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons. the deadly COVID-19 pandemic, the most challenging crisis we have faced since the Second World War, we are also seeing another epidemic, a dangerous epidemic of misinformation. Around the world, people are scared. They want to know what to do and where to turn for advice. This is a time for science and solidarity. Yet the global misinfodemic is spreading. Harmful health advice and snake oil solutions are proliferating. Falsehoods are filling the airwaves. Wild conspiracy theories are infecting the internet. Hatred is going viral, stigmatizing and vilifying people and groups. The world must unite against this disease too. And the vaccine is trust. First, trust in science. There is no innocent explanation in my books. Welcome, everybody. So happy to have you back here at Truth Warrior. Glad to be back. Um, We're going to be talking about this and so much more today because there's a lot going on that I think is actually very positive about things that are exposing this global medical cult, as I've been calling it, because I think that's what it is. It behaves as such. We've identified it as such in the series that I've been doing, Cult of the Medics. You can get it all now for free at cultofthemedics.com. I've done 10 chapters now. Uh, that was a bit from chapter seven, which is a lot very relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. It's sort of a continuation of many of the things that are coming out to expose, at least on the front of what went down with the pandemic, all of these different things and the inner workings of this medical industrial complex, as it's been aptly named. Uh, because that's how it behaves, that's how it operates. And we have been learning about the hierarchy, how it all works, how you know your local doctor, your local politicians, your local media, 
are in service to something much, much bigger. That's really the main point that we want to get across to you guys is that this isn't something that's just happening randomly. It's not just happening with a few people here and there. What we experienced and what we are currently experiencing, in my opinion, at least in the opinion of many others, and some of them are going to be playing some clips from in a bit here on the show, is that this goes way bigger, way more ancient than we at first imagined. And of course, we are in the time where so much of the fallout from this vaccine, this biological weapon that was coerced upon the entire population of the planet, uh, so much of this is starting to come out and be exposed. And I think that's a good thing. It almost had to be this way in order for people to break the trance that they've been induced into over the various decades via propaganda, via the media, um, and then so many of these other aspects that have been used and employed for narrative warfare to capture the public mind and to get people away from the actual truth tellers, the people even from within the medical establishment, within the medical industry that I've documented as whistleblowers and insiders for a long time, but that are still coming out more and more by the day to expose what they are seeing. So I think in all in all, it's a positive thing that we're witnessing with all this exposure coming out. And so I wanted to cover some of that with you today. I hope you are well, I hope you're comfy. We've got a lot to go through. Also want to announce that later tonight, I'm going to be going on Josh Reed's uh, Fringe Fridays. We're going to talk about some fringe stuff, getting into Eastern Illuminati and you know my exploration into the Templars, uh, some other things as well. And also trying to talk about the more of the positive things that are happening uh, so that you don't take the black pill and go down into the depths of despair as your controllers would absolutely love for you to do as their demise is imminent, in my opinion. So we're going to be talking about that and more over on Josh's show. So we got quite the day of podcasting today, or at least I do. So if you guys are hanging out and you want to get some uh, good information, I hope you'll stick around on this stream. If you want to support my work, go check out my website, dwtruthwarrior.com. You can go get a catalog of many of the past shows that I've done some of the great interviews that I did either during the pandemic or all the way up till now um, on this subject and so many other things. And then of course, go and check out that documentary series because it's all documented in those films. 10 good chapters, got two left to produce. They'll be coming down the pipe soon. Um, and yeah, so go check it out. You can also support my amazing sponsor for that program, Rise Attire. Shout out to Rise Attire. Uh, they've been doing a great job over there supporting this work and many other truth tellers and patriots in this movement. And you can go and get all that information over at my website, dwtruthwire.com. Make sure you check it out. All right. So trying to think about what to start with. I think I'm going to start with this amazing, quick, short video that this guy put together. I can't watch it enough. It's just so good. I mean, you may have seen it. And uh, it's it's just a funny little skit. And it's it's just a show that we can just using good humor, smart, intelligent humor that's laced with the truth, how these things can go viral and cause a major impact. And uh, this video, I shared it everywhere when I first saw it because it was so damn good. So let me just play it for you and I hope you enjoy it. People are coming back to their consciousness, sir. Did you poison the food supply? Yes, sir. There's no mineral left in the soil. Are you feeding them negativity on the news? Yes, sir. War and death. Social media. Yes, sir. Gender war. Damn. Racism. It's not enough. They keep coming back. What do we do? We need to lower their immune systems. I thought we did that already with the virus, sir. 
What else can we do? More poison. We'll put more poison in the crop field. We used all the we'll poison! We'll poison the animals. The animals. And then tell them to eat the animals. This is why you're our leader, sir. Yeah. The poison in the yeah. animals. Train are... doctors to not address the cause. I see where you're going. But only the, the symptom. symptom. So, so they get, get treated, treated forever, forever and eventually, eventually die. die. And we still get, get the, the money! Sir, what about the people that have found cures for these diseases and are trying to help other people cure these we'll diseases? We'll make it punishable by law to say you can cure disease. What about the people that know the truth about COVID? Punishable by law to spread misinformation about COVID. But sir, that's free speech. We can't pass a law we'll like that. we pay social media to take down people that you can say the word COVID. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's just great. What's going on with my thing here? Here we go. Oh my God, I just thought that was so epic. Well done, good sir, whoever put that together. You nailed it. That was great. Um, so yeah, it's it seems like that. It seems, and this is one thing that I've been trying to talk to you guys about a lot. And I know most people tuning into the show kind of already get it, but I there's also so many new people coming to the front realizing, oh my God, something's going on. Why do, does everybody I know have heart problems all of a sudden? Why is everybody getting turbo cancer? I've got some anecdotals to share with you on that. Uh, and people are starting to see it. So sometimes we've got to rewind, start from the beginning, help people catch up. That's one of the jobs I'm dedicated to. So if you're new to this, you're just figuring this out, you're tumbling down the rabbit hole, welcome. I know it's a crazy place on the conspiracy internet, uh, but there is sanity, there is reason out there. And as long as you stay focused on getting to the sources, looking at the facts objectively, uh, you're never gonna go wrong. So that's what I try to do on this show is bring these great clips, bring this good information to you. You take it, you leave what you don't like, but you focus in on what is something that you can actually validate for yourself. And that's really what we need to be doing here. And that is what is good about the time that we're in is that more of that ammunition is being distributed to everybody. And it's happening in so many different fronts. So one of the things I wanted to go through with you was a little, I made a little video. I just kind of edited this together quickly. Uh, this was a clip that was on the high wire. Uh, I don't know if it was like yesterday or today or this week. And they were just covering something that was, I think, an amazing turning point. They felt like it was a turning point in the media narrative with this. It has to do with Rishi Sunak and some of these leaders that are being directly confronted about the vaccines now because they've been running away this entire time and they're starting to get pinned down. And not only is that happening, but the cameras are recording it and the mainstream media can't deny it. And they are reporting it as well. And it's starting to get... The attention of a lot of people. So this is just another thing that I think is happening. Um, more of these hearings are happening. Some of them are private. Some of them are more official where they're getting all these medical experts that are coming in and they're just talking about the absolutely savage and brutal death toll and injury toll due to these experimental mRNA bioweapons that they call vaccines. And so let me just play the clip and then I'll come back and give you my comments. Here it is. Let's talk about this shot, because something has happened that I believe will change the conversation around the vaccine reporting, perhaps forever, hopefully forever. So let's look at what happened in the UK here. Just, just recently, this headline came out. Now, the MHRA is their medicines regulator. It's like our FDA. Okay. So this is the headline here. Medicines regulator failed to flag COVID vaccine side effects and must be investigated, says MPs. And it says some 25, those are members of parliament, across five parties have written to the Health Select Committee asking for an urgent investigation. In reply, 
Steve Brine, the health committee chairman, has said an inquiry into patient safety is very likely. In a letter to Mr. Bryan, the APPG said that there was reason to believe that the MHRA had been aware of post-vaccination heart and clotting issues as early as February 2021, but did not highlight the problems for several months. When I saw that, I went, wait a minute, that sounds familiar because the CDC did the same thing. So this is the headline when the CDC did it. This is CDC drafted alert for myocarditis, a public alert. Imagine that, they're gonna try that. And COVID-19 vaccines, but never sent it. So. You have this shot that has been rolled out. You have these medicine agencies, CDC, MHRA, that, that knew of a problem but didn't alert the public. And at the same time, you have this medical industrial complex that have been built up around people trying to tell their story, saying, look, this thing is hurting me on Twitter, on, on social media. And they're saying, nope, misinformation, you're so, gone. But so much so they wrote a document saying it, it like think about this a boardroom of people said it's bad enough we should probably warn somebody australia okay. and rishi sunik the new prime minister of the uk or the current one i should say has just received an earful take a listen all right well it's judgment day in the uk here's rishi sunak just two weeks ago on the floor of the house of lords assuring people of this one fact that they still so desperately want us to believe. Let me be unequivocal from this dispatch box that COVID vaccines are safe. Except that they're not, are they, Prime Minister? And he was forced to admit this when face to face with one of tens of thousands of vaccine injured individuals in the UK. Hi, Rashmi Sunak. I've got so much to say, but such little time. My name is John Watt, and I'm one of the COVID vaccine injured in this country. I want you to look into my eyes, Rishi Sunak, and I want you to look at the pain, the trauma, and the regret I have in my eyes. We have been left with no help at all. Not only am I in here that's vaccine injured, there's another man over there whose life's been ruined by that COVID-19 vaccine. I know people who have lost legs, amputations, I know people with heart conditions like myself, Rishi Sunak. Why have I had to set up a support group in Scotland to look after the people that have been affected by that COVID-19 vaccine? Why are the people who are in charge, who told us all to do the right thing, have left us all to rot and left me and the thousands and the tens of thousands in this country to rot? Rishi Sunak, look me in the eye. When are you going to start to do the right thing? The vaccine damage payment scheme is not fit for purpose. In Scotland right now, according to the yellow card system, there are over 30,000 people that have had an adverse reaction to that vaccine. And okay. deaths. J John, thank you very much indeed for your question. It's you for you to start doing the right thing, Mr. Rishi Sunak, and the rest. According to Rishi Sunak, vaccines are safe. We have a, a payment scheme for people that get injured. It's just like the U.S. It's great. Well, during the same time that was happening, you have Peter Marks. He's the head of the Center for Biologics at the FDA. So he's the guy that's in charge of this vaccine rollout and giving it the okay. This, he was in front of Congress. This is what he had to say. Take a listen. We couldn't speed up time. So um, we, in order to get the vaccines to people in need when thousands of people were dying, we actually uh, uh, allowed the safety uh, to be uh, authorized with just two months of median follow-up rather than the normal six to 12, but um, we were confident that that would capture adverse events. So we had good 
safety data. Two months of safety data. Well, we were confident, though, because it's just two months. But we have a great adverse reporting system. It was this big glove. It was going to catch it, and we had it ready. So someone asked, well, tell me about that when it happened. What happened when it rolled out? And this is what he had to say. All right. Um, as of February 2024, VAERS reports for COVID-19 vaccines total significantly higher than all other vaccines combined since 1990, uh, as, as, as reported. Uh, this, is surprising, this is a surprising figure. Dr. Marks, was the government prepared for such an avalanche of reports to VAERS? And it kind of goes with what we just mentioned. The point is extremely well taken. We, we tried to be prepared for that. But the, the avalanche of reports was tremendous, and it, again, required retasking people on the fly uh, to, uh, I think, for, and I, I'll let my CDC colleagues speak to this, we, we had to usually staff up um, and had many meetings uh, working to increase our uh, ability to go through these reports. Well, there you have it. Hats off to that Scotman for giving some Scottish flair to Rishi Sunak. We could have gone even uh, more, but that was uh, that was great to just see somebody at least getting the opportunity to confront. Now, of course, he's going to do his political, you know, let's not answer the question. Let's pretend we care. <laughs> These people don't give a shit. Okay. They're plants. They're puppets. We know this. This is another thing that's being exposed. And so, but it's good to see people just trying to hold their feet to the fire. And we're getting some more of these commission hearings that are coming out. They're finally looking at this. Um, and so, and then the reason is, is there's so much public pressure because so many people are experiencing these negative effects in their personal lives. In, in the last week or two, I've had many conversations with people who, you know, were not awake to what's going on, but who are telling me, you know, oh, my young 27-year-old sister-in-law has suddenly developed cervical cancer and two other family members have died unexpectedly in my family. And it's just, I don't know what, how to explain it. Or people, young people that have heart conditions now, they're on heart medication. They're in their 20s. Why are they on heart medication? There's no history of heart issues in their family. And on and on we could go. Um, so it's, it's really starting to hit home for people. I think it's just unfortunately going to keep going until we can get this completely acknowledged and get all minds on the planet geared towards solutions. And there are solutions. Uh, I don't pretend to know them all, but um, there are there there must be. And I think that there have been many doctors that have come out and and many other medical practitioners from the alternative. Um, health community as well that have come out and and given tons of options for people to at least start rinsing this stuff out to the best that we can. There's still so much that we don't know about it, but what an incredible time to witness this. You know, it's it's staggering the numbers of the casualties, and yet the government wants to focus here in Canada on protecting people's feelings. We've got this thing going on with. Um, privacy or online bills that are going to be censoring free speech and putting you in house arrest if you offend somebody and are deemed to be using hate speech and who gets to define that right uh and so many other things so i like that opening clip where we were talking about how there is no innocent explanation there is no innocent explanation there is no way that if you're talking to people about this that they're going to they're immediately going to try to rationalize this as well the they must have just not seen the right data. They must have 
made mistakes. There must have been a mistake somewhere. We're well past mistakes. We're well past mistakes. And, and this is something that you really need to drive home to people when you're talking to them about it and show the, show the evidence and just go, how is that possible that for this long, this could go unchecked? It's now coming out in official scientific papers. It's now coming out and being reported by mainstream media. That's how loud this is now. It's right in our faces. We're experiencing it in our midst every day, all over the world, simultaneously. It's undeniable. Yet, we still have people like Christia Freeland and other people in Canada and all these mainstream publicists that are saying, it's perfectly safe. You should get now a ninth booster. This is what they're saying. A ninth booster. Nine times the charm is literally what they're selling you. It's just keep taking them, keep taking them. How is that possible with what we know? And how is it possible that that's a mistake? It's not. It's not. And it never was right from the beginning. The mistakes made were made intentionally so that the death tolls could rise because that was the agenda. And once that clicks, a lot of things are going to start to make sense. Until that clicks, you're going to sit back and go, yeah, it's just paranoid schizophrenic uh, conspiracy theories. But when you finally realize it's not, that there is an agenda to cause mass casualties, that there's an agenda for depopulation that is now openly, again, spoken about in mainstream scientific publications, that's spoken about by some of the top thinkers and ideologues. Uh, you got quotes from the Club of Rome and many others that I've documented thoroughly that are there to show you. I mean, it was written in stone for crying out loud, right? And now they're doing it. And not just that, this is about a lot more than that because then you got to start asking, well, why? Why? Why do a massive assault on the human population? What's the end goal? Well, we're learning about that too. Now, there's another aspect to this that I think starts to put the foot in the door of the cult aspect, okay? Now, some people, when I play this clip, it's from Dr. Mackis, who is a Canadian doctor. I have to definitely get him on the show. <clears throat> I have to reach out to him and bring him on. But what he has started to expose is going to shock a lot of people, okay? Uh, probably just as shocking as learning that your doctor doesn't know jack shit about this vaccine and is just telling you what they're told to tell you. And, um, you know, that's a lot. That's shocking to people, right? But this is going to take that shock to the next level. And then I think that if you were to keep going down the rabbit hole that is opened up here, you might find that this is far bigger than you first imagined. There might be something very dark and insidious going on behind the medical institutions. And when I play this and when I insinuate that, I am not saying that everybody's involved. That would be ridiculous. I'm not, I don't look at it like that. I'm not into collective judgment. That's not what we're here to do. That's not what I did in my documentary series. It's about identifying a core group that has infiltrated and used the light of the medical world the, the, you know, using that as their costume, using that light to blind their victims. And, you know, there's even documentaries on Netflix of psychopathic serial killer doctors and these kinds of things that we hear about. And we've heard about this stuff for decades. And part of me wants to ask the question, are these all just random instances of a few bad apples here and there? Are we just dealing with these lone psychos and pedophiles and creeps? Or is this a trend that has been going on for a long time behind 
the door of the medical world. And that's why we investigate it. And that's one of the reasons I named my series what I did. I knew it was a bit inflammatory and controversial to say cult of the medics uh, because people are going to, well, what do you mean the doctors are in, in a cult? Um, aside from just the cult of modern medicine, which is its own echo chamber now, and it's basically, you know, whoever's got the biggest financial incentives are controlling the narratives that have been taught to your doctors and all that kind of stuff, or even the history of Rockefeller medicine, the Flexner reports and all the stuff that, you know, you've probably learned about, about the dark history of big pharma. Aside from that, we started in chapter 10 to get into organ harvesting, human trafficking, and all these other things that are going on that are working in tandem with groups like the Red Cross, the World Health Organization, the United Nations, and some of these other things. And then you ask the question, this was the question that Dr. Richard Souter posed when he came on my show last year, where he was saying, it's impossible. When you look at the toll of all of these things that he was listing, the trafficking, the pedophilia, the, the evil, the murder, the genocide that was going on, He's like, it's impossible that the intelligence war agencies in the world and the military agencies in the world, with all their sophisticated tracking and surveillance technology, don't have a clue about this. It's impossible that that's the case. So either they're complicit or they're on orders, stand down and don't talk about this. But it's impossible that they don't know. So um, let me just play this clip and then you'll see what I'm talking about. Hello. My name is Macus. I am a nuclear medicine radiologist and oncologist based in Edmonton, Alberta. Last month, I published three articles on pedophilia, child sex abusers, and child pornographers at the highest levels of the Alberta healthcare system. These stories uh, went viral internationally. They were read by millions of people all around the world. And of course, they were completely ignored by Alberta's mainstream media, uh, who have been ignoring this issue for a long time. I'm going to briefly describe these three stories to you because the details are absolutely horrific and they show just how much rot and corruption there is in Alberta's healthcare system and judicial system. The first story involves an Alberta Health Services executive, a top executive, Dr. Albert de Villiers. Dr. Albert de Villiers was an AHS chief medical officer of health during Rachel Notley's NDP government from 2015 to 2019. He was the chief medical officer of health of the Northern Zone. There are five zones in Alberta. So he was the one of the top five doctors in Alberta. He reported to AHS CEO, Dr. Verna Yu, and AHS chief medical officer, Dr. Francois Belanger. During Rachel Notley's government, starting in 2017, Dr. Devoliers started sexually assaulting a seven-year-old boy. And according to the RCMP, at least two other children. He continued these sexual assaults while employed as an AHS executive, but he also had another position. He was appointed by Rachel Notley and her health minister, Sarah Hoffman, as the pediatrics lead in the Alberta Ministry of Health. 
Now that video is about eight minutes long. I got it uh, off of Mark Friesen's stream. He streamed that video out and I'm glad he did. So you can go, I'll retweet it. I've already tweeted it out. It was a couple of weeks ago. I'll retweet it for everybody or re-exit or whatever you're calling it. Um, I'll put it up there for you guys so you can watch the whole thing. And then, um, as I said, I definitely have to try to get Dr. Marcus on the show because this is huge. It's huge to start seeing. And he goes through three cases. That's just one case. And that's only the first part of that case. It gets worse. And then there's two other cases. Um, and I can also, you can also look up those papers that he authored. You can just go Google them again. I'll track them down and post them for you guys as well. But it's important that we start investigating this. Those of you who are out there digging is that we're looking for connections within this medical world and this issue of pedophilia and crimes against children, because I think that that's going to start to open the door to just how deep and wide this whole thing goes. And as much as you want to sit back and maybe you're going to be fine with that to just say, well, these are just a few bad apples in the Alberta health ministry, but here's where that falls apart. We can go all over the world and we can start tracking back over decades and we can start to see a pattern of behavior that has existed in these, uh, in the medical institutions and in with these various doctors and nurses and stuff like that. And again, you could say, yeah, these are just people that found that because of the position they were in as a doctor, the influence that they had over their patients was perfect, uh, a perfect target for these types of predators to infiltrate. Sure. Yes, absolutely. But I personally think there's also evidence that you can look at that there is something more coordinated going on, especially when you bring in the, the whole thing. So you can see when you bring in the other piece of this where you have all of this trans and woke stuff going on right now, where they're taking these, these pharmaceutical companies are making boatloads of money off these transition surgeries and these puberty blocking drugs and, you know, the same stuff they used to castrate pedophiles and all that. And they're using them on children to help them with their confusion and all this kind of stuff. It also gets into the psychiatric world where we're talking about the way these drugs are used. Um, and many of these drugs and many of the elements that are contained within these psychotropic drugs were already tested in these Project Monarch, MKUltra programs and whatnot um, by the, the cult of intelligence, as I call it. And then you get into the history of the drugs being brought into America and, you know, the, the whole thing with the hippie era and the bringing in of that sort of Trojan horse, which is now polluting the streets. Just look at the amount of homeless people, the drug addiction. Uh, the destruction to society is really what's at the heart of all of this. And we just start to see little glimmers of these tentacles that peek into all these various institutions, government agencies. And now we're looking into the medical world. And I'm glad we're finally looking at this because it was one of the places that nobody suspected before 2020. You know, some of us did, but not many. And even those of us that did suspect that there was some dark shit going on in the medical world. We were just thinking of it as big pharma, there's some vaccine damage and they're drugging people and they're making profit off of death and all that, but, uh, and disease and perpetuating disease. Right. But, uh, it, it goes much deeper, I think into this sort of cult element that has penetrated the cabinets of many of the most influential places uh, that you can imagine. And that would be a wise strategy on their part. If the, if this was truly their aim. So I make that case in this in the documentary series. You can definitely go check it out there. I won't have time to go through it all here, but I just thought, wow, if we're talking about how the cult is being exposed, 
yep, it's being exposed on the on this quote unquote vaccine front. It's being exposed with the collusion between big tech monopolies, government agencies to censor and silence doctors and whistleblowers and journalists and people that were trying to report the truth to you this entire time. We know about that. Um, but now we got to start really peeling back the layers and realizing, okay, there's a reason they are absolutely terrified for this kind of information to get out. Because once this kind of information starts to get out about how this is much bigger than just a few failed batches of some vaccines and a little bit of corruption and maybe some embezzling and some fraud, that it's bigger than that. Uh, we got to keep going and figure out, well, how is it all connected? How is all of these things connected? What Does it connect to what's going on with all these wars right now? Does it connect to what's going on with our economy, within our political institutions, within our legal systems, which are refusing? Uh, more and more, they might be getting a few of these cases in, but by and large, have been given stand down order to not try these cases that have been brought before these courts to try to bring these people to justice and expose the truth to the public. Who has the power to shut down all these independent countries and independent courts and independent media? Who, who has the ability to just go, don't talk about it? And everybody goes, okay. And and so we, we go. So you've got the expose on that, but then we also have the expose on the predatory nature of a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. And it, uh, it's incredibly dark, unfortunately, but we got to see the, the dark in order to get to the light. And it's important that this stuff is exposed. Now, in the opening bit, we had Antonio Gutierrez, the former head of the World Socialist International that eventually became the head of the UN. Um, he was talking about how we have a misinformation pandemic now. It's misinformation now. That's the real pandemic. And you've had Klaus Schwab say it, and you've had Trudeau say it, and you've had Christia Freeland say it, and you've had Joe Biden and all these other people saying it. It's misinformation, man. That's the that's the real problem. And then you see them projecting what they are doing to spread misinformation on the people that are actually telling the truth. This, of course, is a known tactic. Um, and, of course, if you're a criminal, this is what you would do. You would project your criminal activity on the people that are investigating you so that it takes the light off of you and shines it on them. And then you get away with the jewels. Right. Um, but yeah, let me just play this little bit. Cause this just came out from MSNBC and I thought, wow, what, what interesting timing that they're freaking out about this now. So here we go. Some of our greatest strengths can also be our Achilles heel. So for example, our deep commitment to free speech in our First Amendment. It is a cherished right. It is an important right in democracy, and nobody wants to get rid of it. But it makes us vulnerable to claims that anything we try to do to regulate speech is censorship. Of course, the Supreme Court has held that all fundamental rights, even the right to free speech, can be limited as long as there is a compelling governmental interest and the restriction is narrowly tailored to achieve that interest. But I think anytime someone tries to do anything that might limit free speech, people claim censorship. I mean, just look at the case the Supreme Court heard today about efforts by the states of Florida and Texas to prevent social media companies from moderating content online. And they call it censorship, that they are trying to silence conservative voices. Uh, of course, 
social media companies are private actors who are not bound by the First Amendment. And so we need to have a conversation and common sense solutions to these things. Instead, we throw out terms like censorship, we call each other names, we use labels, and we, we all retreat to our opposite sides. We need to be pragmatic and come with, up with real solutions. But it is, I think, one of the things that makes America particularly vulnerable to disinformation. You hear that? The First Amendment, free speech, which was what separated us from basically the dark ages, uh, is the big threat now. This is what they're talking about. And they're trying to, they're trying to convince you that just because, or they're trying to basically convince you that because of what we're seeing with information being spread, this is just information because who gets to decide who is the misinformation and who isn't, right? Information is being spread that is countering the mainstream narrative, the mainstream government, corporate, World Economic Forum blessed, you know, cult blessed narrative is being challenged by the serfs who should be owning nothing and being happy already. Like, why are they so pissed off? Those plebs. Why, why is everybody so ex expressive of their opinions that are going against the status quo that we determine? See, they're, they're mad because they're used to having complete control, this media empire, who is the talking heads for the papal bloodlines and all the rest of them, right? So they are pissed off that you have an opinion that's different than theirs. And they gave you social media and didn't expect you to start spreading around actual facts and information that counters what the government is trying to force down your throat so they can continue to centralize power, tax you to death, and basically destroy your country so that you can be prepped and groomed for the nationless globalist world order that is run by a bunch of unelected bureaucratic technocrats that don't give a damn about you or your children. So they don't want you to be out there saying, hold on a minute, me and my cousin have heart damage now after we took your jab. And they're like, nope, we can't have any First Amendments. We can't have you out there talking like that because you're going to create distrust in the entire pharmaceutical industry of which everybody in the media has to pay homage to because they are the number one sponsors, right? So they don't want you to have free speech. And so they're trying, but there's always been a bit of an issue. That's why I love that little skit from that gentleman there when he's like, we, we got this first amendment. What do we do? He's like, get the social media companies to use their private status to basically shut down anything that goes against what the government's saying. And they needed to do that because nobody's watching the fake news anymore. They're getting it on social media. And so you play this good cop, bad cop back and forth between the government and the the social media companies, and then they go, oh, no, it's the government that made us do it. And they go, oh, no, it was the private uh, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook that did it on their own volition. You know, we didn't say anything. Meanwhile, the real string pullers are pulling both strings in the government world and in the corporate world, and they're laughing all the way to the bank while you keep donating to Ukraine. You know what I mean? So it's unbelievable. The reason you have free speech is not to try to say... Um, Every word you ever utter must be the be actual facts and truth and all of that kind of stuff. It's because in order to get to the truth, in order to have any kind of separation between the state and their control over the over the people, you need to allow people to express themselves freely, even if they're wrong, even if they're wrong. 
No doubt information I've shared from time to time has turned out to not be true. We're in an information war. But compare my record to, say, MSNBC. Like, come on, it's not even a contest. Not even a contest when it comes to who's been actually reporting the truth as we are now living it and experiencing it. See, we don't even need to go and pour through all this data and compare all the studies and all that stuff anymore. We can just see it happening in front of our eyes. We can see real world examples of the truth. That's the great thing about the truth. So if we want to look at the truth in our society, if we're supposed to be a free society. If we want to get to the truth, you need many voices. You need many different opinions. You need many different theories about the same facts so that people have the freedom to think. That's what the freedom of speech really is. It's the freedom to think. And so they're saying, how? not only are they saying don't speak, don't think. That's really what they're after. They don't want you thinking. And you're thinking a little bit. You've had a little too much to think now. And so now we're going to start squealing like a bunch of stuck pigs on the media about free speech. And we're labeling it. We're, we're just labeling it censorship. You're not labeling it censorship. It is fucking censorship. That's exactly what it is. When you take people down that are now vindicated by current data and they're not restoring them to, they're not apologizing to these doctors and these journalists and these citizens that have been trying to warn you for decades, right? You took them down during the 2020 period and they have not all been restored. Thank God we have these social media platforms that aren't censoring to that level. They're still not perfect. And my goodness, we got to talk about community notes on X, but better than others, right? Little bits of progress where little bits of this, more of this information can get out to the general public so that at least you can look at it. See, the way I look at you when you tune into my show is I look at you as a fully consenting, rational adult that has the ability to determine fact from fiction on your own. I don't. I'm not here to say, I'm here to say what I think. I'm here to present the stuff I'm interested in, the stuff I'm researching and show you what I've discovered. I hope you're doing your own research as well. And I would expect that you would vet it on your own and you would go and look into it, right? Like if we bring Dr. Mackis on and he's talking about pedophiles running around in the Alberta health ministry, well, he better show the facts and you better go follow up on it, right? Just like anything else. But it's amazing how, People that are more of the mainstream news type normies that are going to say, no, the, we need these trusted, accredited media like uh, Jacinda Arden, um, who was talking about, I only talk to accredited media because they are going to get my back as I lie to you. Um, the, the normies on the media are just going to say, well, we need the accredited institutions because only they can be trusted. I don't know how you could even hold that thought in your head after what we've just been through and what we've witnessed and what we've documented and what can, anybody can document that the, this is a coordinated information warfare apparatus. That's what the media is. That's what it's become. And so in, in lieu of that, we have citizen journalists that are going out there and they are trying to combat those narratives that are coming from other interests. Right. So in a free society, you you sort of self-regulate. You don't need the government to do it all because you that can become corrupt. And then who watches the watchers? That's my other problem with they'll say this thing about the community notes on X, even though it's a bit better than 
the way you're going to get it on uh, fact checkers and all this crap on Facebook or whatever. Still, you got all these community notes going around and starting to disparage posts from people that have actually proven factually what they're saying. They've got it all documented. And it just might simply be that and then all, all you go into the community notes and the community notes just lists a bunch of mainstream news articles to counter it. And you're like, hold on a minute. And then community notes, what does that mean? So the community is policing these individuals that are out there sharing the information. Who the hell are they? And maybe there's a function for it. I don't know. We'd have to have the whole debate on it. But I just feel like, okay, you're still appealing to the mob. And what's the mob? What's that community notes doing? So many cases. I mean, in some cases... I'm actually grateful for the community notes, like when Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau gets community noted, like I'm always clapping. So I guess there's an inherent contradictory bias that we all might have. Um, but the problem with it, it's good to look at the problems of it, is that um, you can that system can also be flawed. And you can have bad apples in there mixing in political ideology with their fact check on your on your post. So how do you get to the truth then? So no matter how you slice it up, the responsibility for understanding and knowing what the true facts are will always rest with the individual. It will always be your responsibility. You could have all these protective safety measures put in place with fact checkers and community notes and, and the feeling like, oh, we're watching out for each other to make sure we don't spread lies and misinformation. But what's a lie this week is solid factual truth next week. That's the world we live in right now. So, and then who's to monitor the monitors and who gets to determine what the truth is and what it isn't. That's why when these bastards at the UN are coming out and going, we're in a misinformation pandemic. Yeah. According to who you liar in chief caught numerous times spreading actual misinformation. And that means some stay at home moms are going to be smoking you with facts as they're researching, you know, in between burping a baby at home and they're, they're nailing it now more than fricking the guy that runs the UN. How is that possible? Yet they're coming down and looking down their nose at you and saying, who the hell are you to challenge our narrative? So there's that whole thing that we got to keep an eye on as well. And I think there's many positive things happening on that front as well, because people are seeing through it and, and the numbers don't lie. More and more people are leaving the fake social socialist media platforms and they're going to censorship free platforms or at least platforms that don't censor as much. It shows that people prefer to have the freedom to judge for themselves, which means the spirit of free freedom is rising again. People are sick and tired of just sitting back and passively accepting what they're told because it burned them. It's burning their bank accounts. It's burning their physical bodies and minds and they're sick of it. And so they're realizing, hey, I already put my trust in you guys. I already put my trust in the CDC and the NIH and the World Health Organization and the United Nations and the federal government and CBC News and MSNBC. I already put my trust in you guys and look what it got me. I'm more broke than I've ever been before. I'm unhappy. I'm being tyrannized by my government. I'm being policed for everything that I do. I can't even speak openly anymore because I'm going to get hit with hate speech, hate speech. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. Your body is filled with poison now and you're sick all the time because you trusted these known liars and criminals with your lives. And people are seeing that. And they're going, I'm getting the hell away from it. The ratings are through the floor when it comes to the mainstream media. 
It's to the point where they're now bringing on experts to ask, is there anything that we can do to earn trust? We have to earn back trust. They had a whole forum on this at the World Government Summit to talk about how to repair the image of the government and of the official medical system in the public mind. That's how much people don't trust it. And it's not just because they came and watched a show like mine. It's because people are looking into it for themselves. They're saying, screw the fact checkers, screw the media, screw what my doctor's telling me. I'm going to go look at it myself. And what I'm seeing, oh my God, I didn't expect to find it. That's a lot of people right now. So the cult is being exposed and it's just going to keep going. There's nothing they can do to stop it. Now, can, talking about exposures, let's swing into Canadian politics for a moment here. Um, this video comes from Pierre Polyev and the Conservatives. Once in a while, they get something right. Uh, I personally have some interest. I'll, I'll, I'll share a bit about some of my concerns with Polyev uh, and the Conservatives, but sometimes you just got to look for the little glimmers of hope and, and the good things that can come out of uh, what's going on. And this, to me, is one of them. We've got this new expose that's come out about Trudeau, and I got a lot more to say about it. So let me just run this clip for you. We've just received these documents that Trudeau has been covering up for years. Documents related to a massive security breach at the Trudeau government's most sensitive laboratory, where the most dangerous viruses and pathogens are studied and handled. We have learned that the Trudeau government's head of pathogens was collaborating with members of Beijing's People's Liberation Army who are responsible for bioweapons and bioterrorism. We know now that uh, a People's Liberation Army official was able to gain personal access, walk in the door, look at computers, it has access to all of our most important vir virological secrets. Let me, if you think any of this is hyperbole, read the report yourself. So again, I think it's another longer clip that he goes through it. He reads the report and you can read the report yourself and you should. Um, it's quite alarming, but it's not surprising, is it? It's not surprising. Uh, let me pull this clip up. Uh, where was it? Hold on, bear with me. Yeah, there it is. Okay. Well, let, let's hear Trudeau's response first. He has his little response. I'm sorry, I do have to play it for you just so we can get some context here. So this is what Trudeau said when he was asked about this new bombshell that's hitting the Canadian press right now as Pierre revealed this. Next question. Jordan, I'm with the Canadian press. How is a scientist working? on high security viruses at the National Microbiology Lab allowed to collaborate with Chinese government agencies considered a threat to Canada? A number of years ago, uh, the, our security systems, our, our intelligence and security agencies uh, flagged problems at the Winnipeg labs uh, that were followed up on. We know as a... Look, you didn't follow up on them because here we are, buddy. Here we are, and there's more to the Winnipeg lab than you are definitely going to admit. And so this is, the rest of it's just a bunch of bullshit. You can, you can watch it if you can stomach listening to what this guy says, which is just a lot of lies and scripted responses. But 
Um, yeah, just trying to weasel your way out of a massive scandal yet again in a scandal ridden government about this that is going to really start to get people's attention as to just how deep this goes and the collusion that's gone on with foreign governments and um, basically aspects of the deep state that are all already penetrated all over the modern world. Um, I think that's what's going on. And, and there's we've got these problems going on all over the place in Canada. But there's his response. And I just wanted to bring people's attention to uh, the actual history of some of this, because let's not forget, this comes was reported by Global News, but this was actually from a CSIS insider. There was a report that was written about just how deep the foreign uh, in, in interference has been. It says this in their report, foreign interference networks are, quote, deeply embedded in Canadian politics and operate at every level of government, according to a declassified intelligence report obtained by Global News. This is something that if I were to say this, I would be hit with, you're spreading conspiracy theory, misinformation, nonsense. But when it comes from CSIS and is an actual security report where they say foreign interference networks, <clears throat> we've got a few actors involved, Iran, China, Ukraine, others, which are just citadels for the global deep state, as we've covered before, foreign interference networks are deeply embedded in Canadian politics. So if Trudeau is going to say, oh, this was flagged. We already knew about so the biolabs. We fired a couple of their people and it's all just good now. Yeah, your own intelligence agencies are saying it. these foreign interests are deeply embedded in Canadian politics and operate at every level of government. So this goes to election interference. This goes to the biolabs. This goes to influence over who gets into office, i.e. your Ministry of Transport dude, the Smurfy guy, I think he resigned. Um, and this other new guy from India who's running this operation to try to continue censoring media in Canada and censoring people and actually trying to put them in prison for life and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, those kind of people. Our country is deeply embedded with foreign interests. Not to mention Klaus Schwab's public statements about how he penetrated the Canadian cabinet and all the other cabinets with WEF young leaders. And we're going to get to those people in a minute. But yeah, let me just continue. I'm just going to read the first part again because I just I wanted to sink in that I didn't say this. This didn't come from conspiracytheory.ca. This came from CSIS. Foreign interference networks are deeply embedded in Canadian politics and operate at every level of government, according to a declassified intelligence report obtained by Global News. The Canadian Security Intelligence Services report, released under the Access to Information Act, also warned that foreign interference was incrementally weakening Canadian Canada's democracy. It said foreign interference, or FI, was unlike traditional diplomatic activity in that it used secrecy and deception to influence Canadian policymaking, public narratives, and civil society. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't write it. It sounded like a Michael Crichton novel, okay? That is the definition of a conspiracy. Go look it up. In a legal definition, sorry, a legal dictionary, the definition of what a criminal conspiracy is, is that it operates in secrecy 
and it uses, uses deception to project its influence, right? This is, this is massive. And again, not coming from, you know, Alex Jones, it's coming from inside official reports. Unbelievable. FI networks are active throughout Canada and at all levels of government. Many of these networks are deeply embedded in Canada's political and social fabric, the report said. So when Trudeau tries to fluff this off about biolabs, and just wait till we get where all your money's going when you're donating to stand with all these things, right? If our government is captured, when I say the government's captured, this is what I'm talking about. And I've got other independent sources to verify that, just research and common sense over the years of just watching Canadian politics and how it works. You vote in red, you get globalist activity, globalist policy. You bring in blue, you get globalist policy. We are captured. Capture the flag? Yeah. Capture the flag. Remember that game we used to play as kids? It ain't a game. It's an actual modern warfare strategy. You capture the flag. You capture the nation. How do you capture the nation? The way the Greeks did. Trojan horse. Infiltration instead of invasion, like JFK tried to warn us, right? Well, here we are. It's coming out in official reports. So you don't need to just go, well, you got to listen to this uh, Truth Warrior podcast. This guy, Dave, seems to think that the government's been infiltrated at every level. You don't need to do that. Some guy's going to go, who's this, a podcaster? What the hell does he know? And they would be right, I guess, until you realize that, oh, wait, no, no, it wasn't he that said it. It was CSIS, right? Yeah, you're the one you pay your taxes to employ all those people to be your watchdogs. They're coming out and going... We got infiltrated at every level and civil society. You know what? That's interesting. Where's that quote? What are they saying? Many of these networks are deeply embedded in Canada's political and social fabric. What does that mean? What do you think they're getting at there? Social fabric. Follow the raised fist. All your Marxist organizations and little peacenik organizations that are in there. We stand for this. We stand for that. Fight for with these rights here, blah, blah, blah. Run by psychopaths that know exactly what to do to galvanize the public mind, distract them, and get you to donate money to them, to get you your mind weaponized so that you're fighting the wrong front. You, you have no idea who the enemy really is, and they know how to pull at your heartstrings and manipulate you. What do you think that means? Civil society, education system, infiltrated by Marxist ideologues and, and and Nazi, all of them, all the extreme ideologies are just rolled into one and they're brought in through the universities and the school systems. The media parroting the narrative that's parroted all over the world. The 4 a.m. talking points, pre-written, pre-scripted by the cult of intelligence and the networks I'm talking about. This isn't just, oh, China, another country has, has gotten, Russia has gotten a foothold in Canada. I'm telling you, this would be where I come in and go, all right, this isn't just another country that's got competing interests with us that's embedding themselves. Maybe they're operating under that pretext. Maybe that's how it gets them motivated to do what they're doing. But I'm talking about the people that run the big chessboard here. They use these countries and these religions and these divisions of humanity like 
pieces on a chessboard. That's what I think it is. That's what the real cult is. That's how they operate, right? They operate like that and they want to influence every aspect of society because they realize they can't take it over by brute force. Even the coercive tactics of the pandemic, it went over for a while, but it started to wane. And now I guarantee they couldn't pull that off again. They would have to, well, I shouldn't say guarantee. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't use words like that. I was wrong before on that one. Uh, Cause you know, look what happened, but hopefully enough people have seen that these people are liars and criminals telling you to do all this stuff, taking away your rights and your freedoms and gaslighting you the whole way. Hopefully enough people have seen through the veil that if they tried to do something like this again, it would fall on its arse. Hopefully enough people have woken up. I would prefer to say that it, they are, but who knows, right? Which means tactics needs to change, which means they've got to keep moving and throwing every possible thing in front of you to keep you confused, to keep you demoralized, and to keep you in a constant state of emergency. I think that's really what they care about. They don't really care what it is that gets your subconscious mind into fight or flight response or gets you into that state of emergency mindset, which would allow you to be completely indoctrinated because you would be open to suggestion when you're in a state of emergency. They don't care what the emergency is. They've got a Rolodex of emergencies that they can play on you to get this to happen. It's been used in warfare before, by the way, between warfare between nations. I mean, it's part of the, it's part of the blueprint, the fog of war, misinformation, propaganda from all sides getting spread everywhere. And watch out for that as well as you're on your social media feeds, even though you think, okay, I'm awake because I know that they lied to me about some vaccine. And then you're buying into all the other red herrings that they're dropping on your social media. Just watch out for that. There's a lot of propaganda going on right now. It's a propaganda war. So scrutinize all the clips that you're seeing, the video clips, the headlines, everything. This goes for me. This goes for all of us right now. Scrutinize it. Is it legit? Is it real? right? Are the events happening that you think are happening? Is it really what's going on? Or how, do you know for sure? So be careful when you report on these things, when you share these things, don't have this like affirmative mindset with it. Oh, it's absolutely true. This video clip here I just found on TikTok. You've got to vet it. And I know that means there's a lot of work to it, but this is what we need to do. This is what a true alternative media should do is real journalism. And we need to do that more. And we also need more insiders to be coming out to share their stories. So hopefully we can hear from more of those as time goes on. We need more doctors. We need more lawyers, more people in government to come out and or, or CSIS or anywhere else to go, yep, you're right. It's uh, totally been infiltrated top to bottom. And then, you know, speaking of infiltration, penetrating cabinets, what's the penetrator himself saying these days? This is from uh, Wide Awake Media. It's a channel I highly recommend you check out on X, Wide Awake Media. They do some great clips. Um, in a leaked video from a private World Economic Forum indoctrination session, Klaus Schwab promises recruits that their avatar will continue to live after they die and that their brains will be replicated through artificial intelligence and algorithms. So here's what uh, Schwab has to say about such things. 
you have the chance to look forward to a career of 50 years. And my own opinion, yeah. Maybe, maybe more you will get some injections and some, uh, and so on. And, um, um, and then don't forget your, your avatar will continue to live. So, uh, uh, and your, your brain will be replicated see, through artificial intelligence and algorithm. Um, so we don't know, but at least 50 years, you have the chance. Okay, did you notice something there? It, it sounded like, as he's talking about your avatar, remember this is young people. He's speaking in front of another batch of young leaders. Okay, these are the young, already prepped through the woke Marxist ideology that they got pumped into their heads in university. And they are now being brought into the World Economic Forum. So do you see how that Cecil Rhodes roundtable shit works? Where they pluck the bright young future leaders out of the universities that have already been who are basically those who've been brainwashed the best and then they bring them into these next levels they wine and dine them and they tell them the cult doctrine that's what you need to do if you're running a global cult is you need to indoctrinate new cult members that can take over the roles as time moves on and this is what they're doing so what are they promising them what he's talking about there, I want you to think of it like imagine you're not listening to Klaus Schwab for a minute. Imagine you're listening to like a Jim Jones. You know, who's got that, you know, preacher's rhetoric about promises of salvation, promises of being saved, promises of heavenly bliss, promises of ascending to the ninth dimension above human and blah, blah, blah. That's what this is. The transhumanist religion, that's going to be the new world religion. So if you want the new world religion to come into effect, you need the young to be groomed in university, to hate reality, to hate nature, to hate themselves to the point where they don't even have an identity anymore. So you take their identity away from them through this constant psychological programming. And then you have to reinstall a new program in order to create the new Rishi Sunaks and Justin Trudeaus of the future. So what do you do? You tell them about the promised land. You tell them about the promised land. As soon as he said, your avatar will go on in your consciousness, your people going, yes, and they're clapping. You get the excitement from the youth who are, you know, who've all been raised on this. They're so afraid of death and nature that they're terrified of life. And so then they go, well, you don't need to worry about that anymore. We've got that. We can reprogram your consciousness and plug it into a computer. So sign here on the dotted line, stamp your seal in blood, and boom, you're in the cult. You work for us now. That's how they roll. That's how they roll. Now, there's another little bit. Um, we'll get back to that one. Where is it? There's one. This one's even crazier. Okay, check this out. Check out the language used in this little speech. So this is at the same summit. Look at this. Global Shapers Community, the Forum, Young Global Leaders, right? So this is what this is the summit that they're at. Okay, check this out. What this guy says. To give you a warm welcome, for many of you to the World Economic Forum headquarters. Welcome, welcome, young children. Welcome to our magical castle. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> this is where the magic happens. It's not at Disney. It's here. And you are part of that magic. You are part of the magic. 
feel the magic in these walls. Just feel the magic in the walls, right? You got magic coming out your arse. Welcome to the World Economic Forum, the place of magic, right? They're talking to this. They're already in. They know these kids are already in magical child thinking, right? And so that is an excellent way to warm up your new cult initiates. Let's just do the whole thing here. To give you a warm welcome for many of you to the World Economic Forum headquarters, this is where the magic happens. And you are part of that magic. Feel the magic in these walls. Feel the magic that many leaders, many communities are bringing so that we can come together and create impact that we want in this world. What Just feel the magic of how all of the World Economic Forum global young leaders of the past had, have already achieved in the world by penetrating global government cabinets all over and installing our cult doctrine. And just look at the magical impact that it has had on the world. It's been so magical to watch the biggest death tolls of unknown death ever hit planet Earth. It's been magical to see that. It's been magical to see the division that we have created between men and women through our uh, support of many of the orgs that are out there pushing this radical ideology uh, through the universities. Look at the magic that that has produced. Look at the magic that we've achieved by separating parents from their children through sponsoring programs through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, et cetera, and the George Soros Open Society Networks and all of our friends that are in league with us uh, to create the new world and, and do the Great Reset. Just look at the magic that we've created by literally spawning the most chaotic time we've ever seen. It's just, it's so freaking magical. But aside from that, I believe that at the top, we are dealing with actual sorcery, sorcerers, people who identify as such, okay? They walk around in white coats. They walk around in, you know, with the Steve Jobs glasses and they got all this technology. And so they look modern and they look very scientific. But deep down at the top, these people are cultists, make no mistake about it. Because I can tell by the rhetoric, I can tell by the agenda. We can go all the way back into the medieval period and we can look at what the alchemists and the sorcerers of the past were aiming to achieve. And it's identical to what these guys are working on today. So it's actually quite, it's, if you look at that, what he's talking about as in an occult way, He's not splitting words. These people are Satanists. Make no mistake about it. Whether they identify as such or not, they are operating as such, and they're even using that kind of language because they know it appeals to the young mind. The magic he's talking about is the magic of oratory that he's, he's using on their minds right now to brainwash these kids. What most of you don't know is that we took a long exercise to work with our advisory board, with our foundation board, with different stakeholders to really refine what's our mission statement. We know that the YGL community is a dynamic accelerator of a dynamic community of exceptional leaders who have the vision, the courage, and the influence to drive change. The vision, the courage, and the influence, and the funding to drive change. What's change? What do they mean by that? What kind of change are we talking about? 
That's my question. And we have a mission. And this mission is that we are a diverse community that inspires and connects extraordinary leaders. Look at him. We have a mission. Let me just check my notes quickly. Uh, we have, and he just reads the script. Here we go. In their efforts to build a more inclusive and sustainable world. There it is, right from the Club of Rome. Sustainable and inclusive world. This is their mantra. This is their sales pitch. This is their carrot on the stick. Wouldn't it be so nice if you lived in a more sustainable and inclusive world, if you were to actually take those words and apply them correctly and sincerely, but what they're striving for, what their real mission is, is to strive for exactly the opposite of those things. It's not about inclusion. It's about recruiting cult members. It's not about diversity. It's about destruction of what is a destruction of natural order and replacing it with a man-made technocratic order. That's what it, that's what the mission is. It's not about sustainability the way you think of it as somebody that probably loves nature as I do and wants to protect it and loves humanity and wants to see peace and good on earth, goodwill towards men, right? It's not that. That is what every Mao Zedong, Adolf Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, Jim Jones, Walter Applewhite, Robert de Grimston has ever said to their cult following is it's about the greater good for the greater number. It's about these words that we're going to put on all these banners everywhere that we're achieving oneness and we're achieving sustainable development and we're achieving a green economy and we're achieving we're, we're transcending norms and we're breaking through chains and we're re this is a bunch of bollocks is what it is because all you got to do is look at their actions at the end of the day that's why he's got to read scripts he can't speak organically he has to read a script who wrote the script that's who we are oh, i know who you are i know and i would like by this occasion to thank all the members of the foundation board and the advisory councils who've been with us in this exercise and really helped us to narrow what are the low-hanging fruits and the sweet spots Ooh, i'd like to thank the rockefeller institute and black rock and vanguard for all of your lovely support and the bill Gates, bill Miller gates foundation and all the others just would really love to thank you all for allowing this to exist and uh, what was that little bit that he said there at the end? What are the low-hanging fruits? And all the low-hanging fruits. Helping to identify what are the low-hanging fruits. You, the youngins that we've been grooming for decades now, you are the low-hanging fruits that will march this great vision into the future. The sweet spots the sweet where spot. we can do more, where we can achieve more, whereby bringing all the exceptional leaders that you are, we can create something, we can create something meaningful for our community, societies, local communities, and beyond. And, and beyond, beyond. That's what we do as daily activities. We select you, we connect you in our gatherings, because we want to transform you. Oh, it's like how the CIA recruits you. We, we we figure out who you are. We've seen your psychological profile. We bring you here. We recruit you. 
and then we train you and we we install you into where we feel like you are going to be the most effective. Sorry, let me get that bit again. Not transform you. We're going to we're, we're going to transform you. We're going to transform you. Transformers more than meets the eyes. We're going to transform you. We're going to transform your psychology so that you are a good little cult minion. Select you because you are an exceptional leader. There you go. We got to, you know, puff up the volume, puff up the, the ego a little bit. You guys are exceptional leaders. But we believe that you have the potential to even be better. Ah, here's the uh, football coach speech here to the youngins. You can just believe, just believe in the future, believe in this, in this program. And then it turns into like a Jason Bourne thing where they're like, do you submit to this program? And you're getting waterboarded in the back. I don't know. And this is the space for it. Yep. This is the, where the magic happens. Magic. And the work of the YGL community comes within a framework. A framework that was written by the Club of Rome. And that framework is the framework of the World Economic Forum. Oh, let's check this out. Here it is, scrawled together by a kindergartner. World leaders, general public, media leaders, young people, academia and science, civil society leaders, business leaders, all in one ring to rule them all. One ring to bind them, right? <laughs> They're telling you how it works. <laughs> We go to the general public, okay, and then we create media leaders on TikTok and social media, and then eventually maybe you could even work for CNN. And then, you know, we make sure we connect with young people like yourselves, and we bring you in here to transform you, right? And then we also make sure we penetrate into academia and science because we need people to trust the science, thinking that it's actual science when it's not. It's the cult doctrine, and academia, of course, is renowned for being the place where the learned gather to provide solutions to society. But if we can capture that as well, uh, then, you know, we've got something going here. This is where all the magic happens, guys. And then we pump you guys in to becoming civil society leaders. And then we get into the business world. We get the business leaders so they can start promoting our new vision of stakeholder capitalism, which isn't about free markets at all. It's basically neo-feudalism with robots. And then, of course, we also have openly talked about government leaders, the Macrons, the Trudeaus, the Bidens, the puppets, right? Um, you could be one of them one day. You could be one of them one day. The idea of the, of the forum is to be an incubator of projects. Have you heard of Gavi, for example? Oh, we've heard of Gavi. Have you heard of Gavi? Oh, I've heard of Gavi. What's Gavi? Is that some kind of like exotic mango from the jungles of Cambodia or something? No, no. Gavi is an organization run by Bill and Melinda Gates, and it's actually the official vaccination program and initiative for the United Nations. So just making sure everybody knows what it is. Gavi was a project that was launched in Davos decade, some decades ago. Oh, and it was actually launched in Davos. I didn't know that. That's interesting. And now it's by itself an organization. Ah. There are, as I said, hundreds of these. I'll highly encourage you to check out this. There's hundreds of these, that he's saying, hundreds of these Gavis that have been birthed out of Davos, Switzerland, the Templar headquarters. Uh, we, we've got a lot of these groups that you could go and work for any one of us.
go work for any one of us. Because you can be engaged in this project, yeah. in this project, and that's where the forum brings all the stakeholders so that we advance the mission of, of the forum. You are all. <laughs> so we've got hundreds of satellites, secret societies, orders, public institutions, etc., that are there to advance the agenda of the forum, which is advancing the agenda of the people that created the forum. Um, and you could be a part of it. This reminds me of like every MLM recruiting thing I've ever been to. It's like a big giant global MLM. That's what they're creating. All privileged. You're privileged. Right? You're all privileged. Just by being in this room, you are privileged. You are privileged to be here, guys. It's a privilege to kneel at the altar of the Great Reset cult. It's privileged for all of you to be here. Not white privilege. This is a new kind of privilege now. This is like, this is like the privilege of all privileges to be here. And you should not be ashamed of your privilege. No, never be ashamed of your privilege, except unless you are white. That's the only time, okay? But you should be ashamed if you don't use it for a purpose. Ah, you just must use it for a purpose. A purpose greater than yourself. So join us as we take over the world and destroy humanity and all the countries and destroy freedom and install the new AI-run globalist technocratic world. All right, so enough of this guy. Enough of this guy. What's the positive spin on this? Well, the positive spin on this is this clip is going viral and a lot of people are starting to see through the veil. Um, okay, let's move over to something else here. This is German MEP Christine Anderson. And she's talking about how the EU technocrats are currently in panic mode. So let's hear what she got to say. She's talking to Oliver here. What is the atmosphere? You're in the chamber. You're, you're moving around in the European Parliament. What is the, what is the talk? By the way, I just absolutely love his accent. I just, I wish I had that accent. I wish I could commandeer it. It's just, it's so awesome. And what is the mood of your colleagues, those with whom you agree and those with whom you don't? They're frightened at this point um, because a lot of them do realize what they're doing is not right. Um, they're not serving in the best interest of the people and it is no longer a government of the people, uh, uh, of the people, by the people, for the people. At this point, it's government of the globalitarian misanthropists for the globalitarian misanthropists and by the globalitarian misanthropists. That's what we're looking at. And they're beginning to realize that the people will no longer let them get away with it and uh, they can no longer fool them into thinking, oh, it's all about, we have to save the planet now and it's climate change and it's all of this. Um, people no longer believe in that. And I think they're catching on to the fact that it's, it's a gigantic lie. It is a gigantic lie, and it's just so good to see what's going on with all these farmers. Shout out to all the farmers of all the world. You guys are, you might just save Europe. Um, and where the hell is Canada in this? We need to get involved. So, yeah, we need more of it. And yeah, I, I, I concur. I think they're panicking a bit. I think that's why they're pushing so many things at us at once. I think that's why we're starting to see so much chaos unfolding is because it's panic time and uh, they are realizing that the public has turned completely against them. Now, this was in Washington, D.C. just a few days ago, February 26th. 
Um, so here's Brett Weinstein. He's just breaking down discussion on the federal health agencies and the COVID cartel and what are they hiding. And so this is just another forum where they've had a bunch of of these rogue doctors that were all censored and various thinkers and experts coming together at a roundtable to put this event on. I'm still kind of going through the footage, but this was a nice little clip. So let's check it out from Brett Weinstein. The pattern is larger than federal health agencies and the COVID cartel. If we do zoom out and ask, what are they hiding? The answer becomes as obvious as it is disturbing. They are hiding everything. Every single institution dedicated to public truth seeking is under simultaneous attack. There is a saying in military circles, once is a mistake, twice is a coincidence, three times is enemy action. I have no doubt that given an hour, the people on this panel could point to a hundred examples of the pattern I have just described, while finding even a handful of exceptions would pose a significant challenge. The CDC has become an excellent guide to protecting your health, but only for people who realize you should do the opposite of whatever it advises. The courts, the last holdout in this ongoing inversion of reality, are now regularly used as a coercive weapon of elites against those who threaten them. The pattern is unmistakable. I cannot tell you with any certainty who they are or what they hope to accomplish, but I can tell you that we are being systematically denied the tools of enlightenment and the rights guaranteed in our Constitution. We, those who remain dedicated to the values of the West, must fight this battle courageously and we must win. For if we do not stem the tide, the result will be a dark age that differs from prior dark ages only in the power and sophistication of the coercive instruments wielded by those who will rule us. The pattern. Yeah, well said. Um, so many good things in that. And what I really liked too was the bit about the three stages that he was talking about there. I mean, just, how did he say that again? I'm just gonna. They're hiding everything. So he's saying, yeah, once is a mistake, twice is a coincidence, three times is enemy action. That's a good bit. Once is a mistake, two times, and then three times is enemy action. This is what I've been saying, guys. This is a war. We were attacked. This is a military-type strategy that is being employed to remove any barrier to this new world order system. That's what it is. And they're utilizing military strategy. And that's going in tandem with this statement that there's no innocent explanation here. This is, this is beyond just a little bit of corruption here and there. This is a we are literally in World War Three, And it was just good to see that he's come to that conclusion finally. And uh, others are as well. So great statement there. Now, I just wanted to play this. This is about four minutes long. This comes from the great late Dr. John Coleman, who I featured in the opening chapter of Cult of the Medics, chapter one as he was breaking down the agenda from his perspective. And he's got some incredible things to say about his research into biomedical terrorism as a means to achieve this world order by who he's, he identified the top steering committee as being what he called the committee of 300. And you got to get his book, the committee of 300. 
He was an academic. He did a great investigation into it and uncovered so many things that are now being demonstrated to be true. And that's what I think the missing piece is for some of these intellectuals that are just starting to wake up to some of this is they don't understand the history of documentation that already exists to talk about exactly what we're seeing happen right now. This is not something new that was just cooked up in 2019 with Event 201 or whatever you think it is. This goes back a long time. And we had people like Dr. John Coleman and many others there to expose it. So let's hear from Dr. John Coleman. And I managed to work my way. I was told the Americans were doing the CAV experiment. I managed to work my way to within striking distance of a small mission station. And what I discovered was that these blacks were coming in from the bush to this mission station with broken arms or an ulcer on the leg or something like that. And they were ostensibly being treated there, but they were dead by the evening. What was actually going on was that a laboratory had been set up using Lassa fever virus. Now at that time, Lassa fever was the one was one of four viruses that could jump the human-animal barrier. And it was a deadly virus. They were trying to create a virus that could be mass-produced and it could be sent out through the World Health Organization to get rid of millions of people in the world. But the Lassa fever virus proved uncontrollable. It killed three scientists who were working there. So the orders came from Washington, burned the place to the ground, and that's exactly what they did within a radius of 100 miles. They bottled up some of these viruses they'd been experimenting with and took them back to the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta. There they began again, but again they escaped and killed three more scientists. So they incinerated the whole laboratory, sealed it off and incinerated. The same experiments are now going on in Harvard University right now. But they're not using the Lassa fever virus. That has proved to be too tough for them to handle. Instead, the United States government gave millions of dollars to the United States military chemical and bacteriological warfare establishment at Fort Detrick, and they began experimenting with the AIDS virus. I knew about the AIDS three years before the word ever came out in the world, in the United States particularly, because of my field work in Sierra Leone. The British government used their Porton Down CAB facility. It's easier to get into the Bank of England vaults than to get into Porton Down. All the deadliest viruses in the world are being crafted there. In pursuance of the goal of Global 2000 to decimate the world, Shortly after this experiment had finished at Fort Detrick, the World Health Organization started a massive vaccination campaign. They said, for once and for all, we're going to wipe out the scourge of smallpox. They chose Africa and Brazil, launched a massive vaccination campaign. Immediately, AIDS began to appear. Thousands and thousands of people began dying of the strange new virus, which the World Health Organization then said had come from the bite of a green monkey. They forgot to tell you the green monkey's been there for centuries, and he'd been biting people if he ever did for centuries, but no disease of that nature had ever occurred. The World Health Organization deliberately took this virus, which was crafted from a series of animal viruses, including media visna, sheep, which destroys the brain, which is why you find AIDS patients get dementia probably first before any of the other AIDS-related complex diseases appear. 
and they began vaccinating innocent people on a massive scale, and they began dying like flies. Why Africa and why Brazil? Because those two countries had the biggest black population in the world. And I want to tell the black people of the United States of America, do not trust the Democrat Party. Do not trust government. Do not believe that government is your friend. To you, they, to them you are dispensable the same way as we are. Millions of people died. I went through Uganda on an inspection tour and I saw whole areas decimated where previously there had been small towns and villages. There was not a living soul in sight. And that is going on today. The AIDS epidemic is completely out of hand. It swept the world. It's been swept under the carpet in the United States of America. We were told that this is a disease which is passed by homosexuals. True enough, but that's not the primary cause of it. This is a crafted virus that was spread throughout the world to decimate the population. My apologies. I was just uh, thanking some of the great people on PILD for their donations there. Uh, I just want to quickly thank Braves Piano 29. Thank you for the gifting the can. A rise attire. Thank you so much for also gifting the can. And for Vader369 for gifting the shades. Thank you guys over there. Much appreciated. And to anybody that's also giving me some rumble rants, appreciate it so much. Um, but that's not what this is about. This clip, you got to watch the whole speech by Dr. Coleman. He did this in the nine, like early 90s. And he's already talking about stuff that, you know, we already know now. We're learning about now. But he was talking about it back then. And some of the stuff is also documented in his book. So, um, we know they've been working to weaponize these diseases and create these pathogens to spread amongst the human population. Uh, he tracked this from the World 2000 report that basically was an admission that they were looking to mass depopulate and they were looking for mechanisms to achieve that. And then what he was doing is just breaking down his own research and experience, having traveled to these countries and being in the hot zones of a lot of these outbreaks and then looking at the signature of the World Health Organization throughout the entire thing. This is back then. This is back in probably the 70s. And look where we are today. Look at what has happened. It's literally unfolding in front of our eyes. And I think this jab is one of the major tips of the spear of how they've achieved it and how they're planning to achieve it. Are they going to get away with it? Well, thank God there was misinformation that ended up being true that was spread to enough people at enough time that it actually stopped people from either getting these jabs or getting as many as they did. Um, and, you know, good thing we do have some brilliant minds that are trying to find a way to repair the damage if such a thing can be achieved. And may that continue. But as many people as we've lost, we've also gained. Um, and I think that that's important to remember as well, is that it didn't get everybody. The truth was able to get out to at least enough people that these globalists have a big problem on their hands. And now they're facing revolts in the streets from these farmers and truckers and just average people who've never protested before. This is just, they're at that point where they're seeing what's going on with the attack on the food supply, the attack on our biology, the attack on our minds, the attack on our freedoms, on our governments. And uh, that is going to just keep going. And who knows where it's going to end up. I think we're in for a pretty crazy year. It's only March of 2024. And I already feel like I've lived a year or more in the opening months of this year. I don't know about you guys, but that's just how I've been feeling about it. Um, I don't really have much more to go through. I was going to also just let you guys know about uh, 
I'm sure you've been following the story. I had it up on my telegram about this guy, justice minister in Canada defends house arrest power for people clear or feared to commit a hate crime in the future. It's like pre-crime and future crime. And we're going to lock you down. Justice minister Arif Varani has defended a new power in the online harms bill, which every Canadian must be up in arms again. It's it's in, I can't believe they even have the guts to put this through. And remember, it's not just this bill. It's this bill with a bunch of other bills that have already been introduced. And some of them have already passed where they are trying to attack free speech in every possible way. And now they want to start having punishments very similar to the COVID era where you were retroactively charged if you went to a protest. You remember that? You had cops showing up at your door like a week after you went to some freedom protest and they're charging you. Well, they want to have this ongoing when it comes to hate speech or online speech, which means I'm probably going to be strapped to a wall in a gulag somewhere if this goes through. But um, yeah, to me, this looks like panic. This doesn't look like anything that I'm necessarily frightened of and I wouldn't get frightened of it. Let's just stay on it and I keep exposing it because these people are doing a great job just shooting themselves in the foot right now. But to me, this is the act of tyrants that are being caught and that are looking to quickly change laws so that they can shut down <laughs> what, like more than half the country at this point, probably more than that, that would resist this shit. So th this is them flailing wildly. Um, but yeah, we'll see how that all breaks down. And then I just wanted to wrap up because I'm going to have to wrap up here, guys. I uh, First of all, I want to thank you for coming. I hope I gave you some value, maybe a little bit of entertainment and some new information to go and check out. Um, and I hope you all keep digging and keep exposing and forget what they're saying about misinformation and ignore all those people calling you crazy conspiracy theorists, whatever. Just stand the course, stand the course of time. History has a movement of its own. The truth has a movement of its own. And our job is to just try to connect to it. And it has a ring to it. So even those of you who might be afraid to talk about some of these things to your friends and family, and of course, I usually have the policy of uh, I only do it when I'm confronted. I don't even bring it up. I just, when they bring it up, that's when I bring it out. Uh, but I'll leave that to you. But if you're having, you know, worry about it, just remember the truth has a ring to it. And when you tell people the truth and you get good at articulating the facts, they will resist you in front of you because they just want to save face, but you don't know what kind of bomb's going to go off in their mind later when they realize, oh my God, where did I hear that again about myocarditis? And now I just got diagnosed with it. Like, or another thing that you maybe told them is going to start to come out into the light. So keep speaking the truth, even when your voice shakes, don't be afraid of it. Uh, be yourself. Don't be belligerent about it though, because that can easily just turn people away. Let's chill out with the all caps, shouting, grabbing, shaking, desperate, wide-eyed. I mean, let's leave that kind of character trait to the crazy people trying to defend the system right now. That way they'll be easily identified. Be the calm, rational, fact-based, human, emotion type person that is there to just literally have a discussion. Let's just have a talk about this. Let's try to find the truth. Don't paint yourself as the arbiter of the truth and try to have your own ego come into the conflict when you're presenting this kind of information where you're trying to talk down to people, that's not effective. And it just makes that caricature created by the media 
have some validity to it where they're trying to make these people look crazy and all unhinged and having superiority complexes and all that kind of stuff. So don't fit that profile. Be the calm, cool, collected, rational, straight shooter that it shows the genuine care for your fellow humanity when you're sharing this information. It's so effective. I've When I changed my drumbeat, so to speak, from just my anger that I was feeling, especially during the beginning stages of all this insanity, when I changed from a more confrontational, you know, uppercut to the chin type approach to more, especially now, right? When people are starting to really sit there and go, yeah, I know there's something going on. Meet them halfway, take the higher road. You were lied to, we were all lied to. Let's just get to the solution. Let's figure out what's going on and try to recruit them in a positive way to not recruit them to some cult, like what they're trying to do with the WEF, recruit them into the citizen journalist mindset that says, I'm not just going to buy every headline that I see come across my newsfeed. I'm not just going to listen to every word coming out of my local politician minion's mouth. I'm not just going to believe everything that people tell. I'm going to actually become active in learning about these subjects and studying them and following up on it and keeping tabs on it and researching for myself so that I can think for myself. And this is one of the most powerful tools that you have because human nature is that we want to be thinking for ourselves. Even when we're afraid, even those people like those crazy, those Karens with three masks and the you know purple hair and all that, they're, they believe they're thinking for themselves, but they're not clearly, right? But deep down, the reason they believe it, even though they're lying to themselves, is because they instinctively want to think of themselves as somebody that thinks for themselves and analyzes information and is connected to the truth, right? They, they believe that. And the reason they believe it, even if it's not true, is because deep down, I believe that's the desire. So if you can see what that is and go, oh, I know that that's what you want. You want what I want. You want justice. You want freedom. You want the truth. You want to know what's going on. You want the best solution to these problems, right? And if you meet them on that human level and then talk about the facts and bring it back to the facts as much as you can, you can make some headway. And I think it's worth it, right? There's definitely people not to waste your time upon. Like, don't do that because then you'll drive yourself crazy. But if you're seeing these open-minded people that, are, that I'm seeing now that are genuinely kind of wide-eyed coming up and going, I remember you were saying something about this a few years ago and I thought it was crazy, but I'm willing to listen now because here's what's happened to me, you know? You don't have to sit there and beat them up over it. That's your moment to shine. That's your moment to show true humanity and show that you didn't become them. That's your biggest victory right now. Don't show them that you became them angry and yelling and screaming and mm, I told you so and like getting all up in their face. That's them. That's the face of the enemy, the enemy of truth, freedom and justice. That's their face. Those are people who've been indoctrinated and programmed. That's why they're behaving like that, because that's what it takes to defend a lie. <laughs> that's what it takes. You have to cover the lie in emotionality and big speech and big talk and ego. That's what, that's how, you know, so don't be that person when you're trying to communicate the truth is what I'm saying. You don't need to become them to win, to win, be embody the truth, embody the, the vibration of the truth. 
which is look at how the truth as an archetypal concept operates. It doesn't force itself on anybody. It's there in the background at all times for humans to discover of their own volition. Truth is something we discover. So be the echo of that voice of the truth. That prompt that was probably in you before you woke up that was kind of nagging you and saying, wake up, man, wake up, Neo, come on, come on. And you're like, no, party on. Rishi Sunak knows exactly what he's talking about. I'll just listen to him. I don't want to listen to my inner voice. Until something hits you hard enough across the face that you started to go, wait a minute. I knew this the whole time. I knew. Did you ever have that deja vu where you're like, I knew it. I knew it was true. Because the truth is in your cells. It's in your DNA. It's in the Akashic field. It's in your conscious. It's built into you. Right? That's why we say truth resonates. So amp, all you have to do is amplify that. All you have to do is embody that in the way you talk, in the way you present, in the way you discuss this. If you've got that panicky, frightened, you're just projecting your own fear and anxiety into the conversation, which means you are tainting the message of the truth with your own bullshit that you are responsible for. Even though you're going to go, yeah, but it's because of Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau that I have anxiety disorders now. And then I'm all PTSD and I'm all frazzled. Why are we giving them so much power over us? Why would you grant them that power over you? Why would you? You, you have the voice of the, of the source field that created the entire universe inside of you. And you're going to tell me that you are in a tangled mess because of a bunch of peons like this? The puppets that read scripts? Come on, we're better than that. You don't need to get fall victim to that. Erase that shit from your head that you're a victim to this. You're not a victim to this new world order takeover or whatever you want to call it. You're not a victim. Yeah, we're victims in terms of international law and human rights and, and crimes against humanity. Yeah, yeah, there's that. I'm talking about a deeper thing, though. I'm talking about the psychology of it. That being a victim to this time and, oh my God, when are they just going to arrest everybody? And when is it going to happen? And when is the truth? When are people going to get it? You're attached to the outcome. You're missing the point. And don't worry, I'm speaking to myself too, because I feel you, right? But that's what I think. That's what my deeper inner voice is telling me. The more mature side of myself is telling me is that don't become what you hate. Don't become the embodiment of the enemy, the lie. Don't become that. Don't be the victim. When we're out there saying, look at this victim culture, and then we ourselves wrap ourselves in the garments of being a victim every day while we go preach to everybody about how they need to wake up. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're doing a disservice to yourself, and you're doing a disservice to that spirit of the truth that you genuinely, I know, want to amplify. Because you do care and you're angry about it and you're depressed about it and you're anxious about it. And I get it because I feel that too. But I'm what I'm asking, what this intuition is telling me to ask is that we rise above even that and show the world, show them who you really are. 
Show them and embody it. Be the spirit of freedom. Be the spirit of truth. Be the spirit of humanity that has been stolen from you, from them, and is, is the reason why they're stuck in that mind control. And maybe more powerful than any amount of data and facts, and here's all the stats, and here's all the medical journals and the new studies and the new things. Aside from that, that has a that has a time limit on how much effect it can have. And that's why we got to keep pumping it out for sure. But what's the real ace in the hole here? What's checkmate for the lie? It's that the servants of truth, which should be humanity, those of us who are really understanding this need to be the example of the truth. We need to be the example of it. And I need to do a better job at it. We all do because it's a sensitive time. And any one of these people that are waking up right now could be a voice that might turn the tide, could be somebody that could, you, you know, like, so that's what my advice is, is speak with passion. Don't get me wrong. Don't, I'm not talking to telling you to be a, like a velvet glove all the time. The truth can come with a uppercut to the chin for sure, but choose your battles wisely Choose the way you speak to people. Look at how the government speaks to you. That's why they're so effective. Look at Bonnie Henry, oh my God, in BC. The soft little voice and people love her to death, not because of what she's saying, but because of how she's saying it. That's what people like. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be that. It just means sometimes you got to take a chapter out of their book as to how they were so influential over a short period of time. It's because of the way the message was delivered. So if we want to make headway in this information war, take a chapter out of that book and employ it. And I think there's deeper metaphysical reasons why we should be embodying that anyways, in my opinion, or that I'll, I'll say for myself that I want to embody that is make space and give people the opportunity to wake up no matter how many times they've fallen because I've fallen many times. And if it wasn't for the people in my life that gave me that extended hand to help me back to my feet when I fell and when I made mistakes and when I fucked up, I wouldn't be here. So someone was benevolent enough to come and teach me these things and help me through my stubbornness. And there's more stubbornness to come and there's more awakening to come. If it wasn't for those great people that did that for me, pfft, we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. So be that, be that, be the hero, be the hero. Don't be the villain. And with that, I want to leave you with uh, my favorite clip from Lord of the Rings, the two towers. I put it on my social media. I spoke about it in a recent uh, drive with Dave episode. If you want to be, want some positive uh, content, I just released a 17 minute drive with Dave where we just go for a little drive. And I talk about how it's not, over and we shouldn't be losing hope and falling into despair and we should actually be in a much more positive state of mind so i gave my argument in that video and i was talking about this clip because i was recently watching this video or this movie with my daughter and watching how her shoulders dropped and her anxiety lessened after watching those films uh was what told me okay i gotta bring this out as well in this podcast so here's the clip i'm gonna wrap with this and then i'm gonna say goodbye Actually, I'll probably say goodbye now and then we'll do the clip. But before I do, guys, I just want to say thank you again for supporting this show, for supporting me and the work I've been doing here. Uh, make sure to go and also check out on Unslave. We've been doing some amazing work over there. 
talking about a lot of these great subjects. Uh, go check out my series, Cult of the Medics. Go support Rise Attire, my sponsor, and uh, make sure if this show today benefited you in any way, please help me by sharing it out, like it, leave a comment, and help me get this out as far and wide as we possibly can. And I really greatly appreciate each and every one of you. So we'll be back more uh, in the future with some more content here on Truth Warrior. Stay tuned for that. Also catch Friday Night Fringe Night with Josh Reed over on his channels. You can go follow him on X uh, or any other socials. He'll announce when the time is. I, I can't remember what time it is. I'll be on there tonight discussing the Eastern Illuminati and so much more. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But with that, I'll leave you with some positive vibes. Be well, everybody. We'll talk soon. Cheers. Like in the great stories, Mr. Frugal, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end, because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Furlow, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something. What are we holding on to, Sam? But there's some good in this world, Mr. Furl, and it's worth fighting.